and welcome to the Metapod, where Jake is always right. Always. Unless, unless he's wrong. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I am such a roll back the tape, Sean, in the editing of me calling the uh, the copyright of Urshifu, the single strike and rapid strike. I said many, many moons ago that this was going to be a like double set in Japan that they did like sword and shield where they had one set that was sword, one set that was shield. And look at that. S5 single strike master rapid strike master confirmed for Japan. Two sets, one has the Venusaur, one has the Blastoise Gigantamaxes. I am a genius. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm not a genius apparently, but uh no, you're a genius. No, no. You're, you're a genius. But I'm good. Uh still still uh, you know, still getting through all this house moving stuff. Uh, but you know, otherwise, otherwise good getting back into the swing of things with Pokemon actually, you know, Sean has had a very, very exciting week compared to me in terms of Pokemon, you know, good get, going to get a new house, you know, moving towards the peanut factory or whatever, <laughs> or no moving away from the peanut factory. Actually, where's this were, peanut factory you're referring to? Remember, I remember it was right out your window. Remember that little bit that I did? Uh, yes, I'm going to play along. You know what? In improv, they say, say yes. So yes, I do remember. Dude, do our episodes just fly out the window for you as soon as, as soon as you post it, you're like, (laughs) I remember nothing. Let's forget about that. Let's not, let's not remember that ever again. That's right. And I also remember saying Eternatus was going to be great. So I remember nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We got a good show for you today. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Not only some results. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Champion's Path because that has just been intriguing overall now that we've seen it release upon the world. We've seen multiple people open it up. Some of us here on the pod have been able to open it up as well, so we'll talk a little bit about that experience. And then also, probably what is in the title, I would think, Players' Cup Metagaming. You know, Players' Cup officially at the time of this recording has started right now, so what should you do if you haven't decided yet? Because you got a whole month to do it. You know, there's no rush. And then also the Metapod Fantasy update. We got a lot of stuff to unpack here. But I think we should start actually with uh, Jake's first foray into Pokemon trading card game casting, which happened on Sunday at the PokeX Championship Invitational? Champion Festival. It was basically, yeah. But Champions Festival was what it was called. Uh, very exciting. That was the, I, I did, I've done a lot of casting in like traditional sports of like basketball, football, baseball, softball, all these different sports, the, the land. Well, I did swimming and diving too. So not necessarily land sports, but your traditional boomer sports. Um, and so doing the Pokemon trading card game was very interesting because it almost felt slower than baseball to an extent and baseball is a pretty slow sport um to cast so thankfully i had wonderful commentators alongside me in danny altavilla and stefan ivanoff they were excellent they made me seem big brain all i did was kind of say what was going on on screen and then threw some questions at them for them to uh answer since they are the uh since they're the pro players but uh that is some big league company you got there no, yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. They uh, they asked me to do it, and I was like, okay, uh, this will be my first time doing it, kind of alluding to like, oh, God, I'm going to do Pokemon something. And they were like, we want you for the finals. And I was like, excuse me? Like, uh, <laughs> the finals for the first gig? You're not going to put me in, like, round two only? And uh, But that was – it was awesome. So shout-outs to – Shout out to Aldo as well for organizing all that stuff and just being wonderful. PokeX is a great group of people. I've talked to them a couple of times. They're they're very kind. Very, very good. They do very well with their tournaments. I was able to catch some of it and it was very good. Um, And uh, yeah, I watched one of your control matches. Apparently you you had the privilege (laughs) of casting a number of matches featuring Excadrill Control. Were they all Excadrill? Yes, they were all Excadrill. I might actually 
I could be almost at the level of Sander with how much I analyzed control uh, in in that one single day. I would say like in the morning, especially, I think there was only one round. So like four or like four straight rounds, we featured Excadrill. And there was some rounds as well to where like one game ended early. And so the other Excadrill was uh, still going on. So we jumped over there. So, and then there was one Excadrill, I believe, in the second phase. So, man, Excadrill is a, uh, it's a cool deck. It's very, very fun. It's very cool. I like it. Uh, but, uh, geez, I just don't want to, I don't want to look at it too much anymore, to be honest. <laughs> I think that's fair. It's uh, I think it's a fun deck in, in moderation, right? It is definitely something that, like, caught a lot of the people off guard in the uh in the events because like the uh excadrill control had just been like a thought of toward and sander and stuff and not really taken super seriously in terms of like the tier list and whatnot and so it was a small event only like 18 players in this you know grand phase of the champions festival so not only did people probably not expect one person to bring it, but multiple people to play the deck uh, probably caught a lot of people off guard for it. And from what I heard uh, when I was watching, there was a decent amount of control and Baby Blacephalon seemed to do very well yesterday. Baby Blacephalon did pretty okay. Uh, it was pretty exciting to watch. There were a couple of the top uh, was Baby Blacephalon. There was also a Whimsicott deck up top. That was really cool. Um, it was awesome to watch Whimsicott play, especially against Excadrill and Win. Um, so shout-outs to... I can't remember who played Whimsicott, but shout-outs to you, because you, you got guts. Well, what won the tournament? I want to know. So ADP Clay won the tournament, ah, which okay. is very interesting. It was uh, ADP Clay versus Eternatus with scoop up nets. So like Eternatus having a lot of damage modifiers to always try to ensure that it can knock out an ADP, which I think is a really, really cool call. Um, and I think it's a very good, I think it's a very meta call. And then also it had a lot of flexibility to knock out things like Senescorch right away. So like um, Eternatus in its way into the final in the bracket had played a Senescorch VMAX list, which I think multiple turns in a row, it was able to knock out a Senescorch V before it was able to evolve because of things like the poison, the zigzagoon pings you know it didn't even have to have a full bench um yeah to be able to do it it didn't even have to have seven pokemon in play you would have like six or five just depending on how many pings you got and uh so that was really really cool it was a really cool list to see just super unfortunate in the finals against clay dp i think it uh it kind of bricked it's probably its worst series played and it just happened to be in the final so kind of sucks but i did like the list a lot and i thought it was uh i thought it was pretty good very nice um anything else about casting that you wanted to to mention i i don't i don't really know what uh what else it was like for you i wish i had a list of the people's names so like i had a oh you had to read off a, their like screen names and things yeah i was reading off their screen names and so like um so uh riku I don't I don't remember their full like PTCGO name, but their PTCGO name was Riku. And I kept saying Riku because I didn't like know who they were. And like on Battlefy, it doesn't show what the actual person's name is. It just says Riku. Um, and so Danny knew who it was, said Brandon. And so it took me like a couple tries to remember Brandon, especially like when the name is not in front of you. Um, so that was a little tough. So I just wish that we had like the I mean, there's no like wrong way, right? Because the viewers know or they also see like the the PTCGO name. So um, they kind of know at that point who you're talking about. But for the for the community in terms of because it's a small it's a small knit community, a lot of big time players like know each other. 
Um, I wish I knew Brandon <laughs> at the very beginning. There's a couple others like Aaron Friedman. I know who that is, but I just didn't know their PTCGO name. When I figured I put the two and two together, I was like, oh, shoot, like <laughs> should have been calling him Aaron this whole time. But uh, yeah. it was a lot of fun. I recommend having if you're not confident, if you're not confident, here's the here's the five head play. Sean, let me let me let me let you in. So if you're not confident like I am or I am not confident about like describing why things happen or why like certain certain sequencing actions happen in a certain order, you know, like that type of deal, like the analysis type deal, the in-depth stuff. If you're not confident in that. Go ahead and be the play by play person. So you just say what is happening on screen. Mm hmm. Instead and of the then, color commentary. Yeah. And then you throw it to the other person, your Danny Altavillas or your Stefan Ivanovs to uh, to actually explain why things are happening and uh, why person X, Y, Z would do this instead of that. And so that made it really, really nice. Yeah, I think that's a good point uh, that, you know, you see from experienced casters, but. You know, if you're a new team, like if you're casting with somebody you've never cast with before. Oh, yeah. We had no chemistry. Yeah. And like, look, that that's I think the vast majority of people, that's the situation they're going to be in. Uh, but it's a good piece of advice. Right. Which is like determine up front broadly who is going to yeah. be the play by play. And then, you know, the, basically pick your role because everybody has a role. Right. In comedy, you have a straight man and you have a, you know, the 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 comedian, if you will. And in cast, in you know commentary, you have play-by-play analysis and color commentary. You, you just got to find what role makes sense. And like, don't feel like as well that you're like restricted to that role. Oh yeah. So, so like, there would be times where I would be saying something, and I'd pose a question to Stefan or Danny, and then they would kind of explain. But then, as they were explaining, like the either the next turn happened or some action started happening so then they would start going into play by play so like so like don't don't like restrict yourself but like make sure the other person gets to talk you know <laughs> yeah yeah you want to uh, you want to make people know that there's two people in the booth not just one <laughs> so uh all right well that was uh, your first foray into casting i think you know hard left here uh, into what I sort of did over, over the weekend. I, uh, I went on the hunt for some champions path on Friday, Friday morning. Actually, I, I got into my car at like 6am and I picked up a friend of mine in New York city. I drove into Manhattan, which I don't like doing. And I drove all the way out of the city because here in New York, they don't really carry Pokemon products, um, that much in targets or, or anything like that. So you have to get out of the city like Brooklyn and Manhattan in order to find product, right? We drove an hour up and we looked around. We were there when the stores opened at 8 a.m. And uh, I found no Champion's Path at four mm. Targets and two Walmarts. Sounds about right. I'm and be it honest. wasn't because they got sold. They just didn't what? stock. They, they never came in. Now, see, that's not what I would have thought. <laughs> no, everyone, that's, that's the crazy thing. We met up with several other people while we were out looking for stuff. We were doing the same thing and everyone had the same response. It just looks like either A, Target was never shipped any Champions Path in our area, which would be weird, or B, somebody is calling up all the Targets and working out deals for them to set the product aside. You know. And I've heard word that that is what's happening. I, I, feel like that's what's happening. I'm not going to lie. I feel like that's what's happening, which there's nothing wrong with that, uh, especially no, when that a is, lot of places like do pre-orders and stuff. Well, no, for Target, that is illegal. You can't do that. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, good thing you, I've never done that. <laughs> I didn't know. Well, not at like, look, if it's your local game store or whatever, but like at Target, they have like deals with distributors, right? Like you can't get a product at below MSRP, you know, at wholesale prices and then set them aside for specific individuals as a as a as a retailer like Target, like Target corporate would not allow that. What's happening is somebody in the back room basically knows people and says, I'm just not going to stock the product on the shelf and I'm going to, you know, either buy it themselves or sell it to somebody else and get a kickback of whatever the profits that they make on reselling on an eBay. But uh, yeah, that is not 
That is, look, I don't have any evidence of this beyond anecdotal evidence that people have talked about, but the fact that four targets in one of the most populous counties in the country did not receive any product in a 50 mile radius, something's fishy. Hmm. Hmm. So. Seems, seems uh, suspicious. Kind of sus. But John. Kind of sus. I will say you did find some champions path. If I, you've been I paying found attention some. to Sean's YouTube, uh, Sean has been posting several YouTube videos about his, uh, his polls. <laughs> we'll call them we'll polls. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I did find some at a local game shop where I pre-ordered a bunch already and uh, I opened them up and boy, howdy. Uh, I think this is a nice lead in because I would, I would argue that all of that work to, to get all of the champions path, was not worth it for what I pulled. Um, and I would certainly, I am certainly not going to be buying any champion's path above MSRP anymore. Um, well, you're never opening up champion's path again, it seems. Well, I have some more pre-ordered for like next waves, like the Marnie box and stuff like that, that I've already paid for and pre-ordered. But beyond that, I will not be spending another dollar on champion's path because even at MSRP, to be honest, I don't think it's worth it. I'm going to have to agree with that. So like the reason that I I think most people know this, if they're listening to this podcast, the reason that champions path is so gosh darn popular is because there's a Charizard, not just one, but there's two Charizards that go for a lot of money right now that collectors want, and they'll pay a very, very high price for. So with that, you have to look at the rest of the set of Champions Path. We've have we talked about the set on the podcast? Did we actually go over it? Uh, we didn't do like a set review, but I don't think we need to do a set review. We can broadly talk about it, though. Well, we don't. I don't really even think we need to do a set review because not, I don't know if these. Yeah, there's not very good cards in this set. I mean, if you talk about your ultra rares. Because if you, well, let me back it up. Let me back it up. You in this set, it's a little bit different in the fact that this is, I think, one of the first sets, to my knowledge, that every single rare is a hollow, at least a hollow rare. You're not going to pull a non hollow rare. Hidden Fates was like that. Dragon Majesty, all of the holiday Hidden sets. Hidden Fates were like was that. not like that. Oh, was Hidden Fates Hidden not Fates a holiday? No, I mean, it was a holiday set, but it was not like no. that because I don't know how many times that I pulled a non hollow Lapras. Okay. Well, uh, or the non hollow Dragon Mew. Majesty. Dragon Majesty was all hollows. Maybe. I it don't was. know. Either I, I way, I got an ETB for that like a, a while back and it was all hollow. I was surprised because I was like, what? They're all hollows. That's crazy. Well, either way, this is a this is something that doesn't usually happen to where you're getting the hollow. So like even though the mm, you could argue that like Swablu or even the Galarian Obsigu, which by the Obsigun, which by the way, I don't think really did uh, Valencia play that in the uh, Neil Pie Open or the Sunday Open. I don't know. The new Galarian Obstagoon? I'm not sure. Yeah, the new Galarian Obstagoon, because I know some people were talking about that one. Um, actually, let me uh, pull up Pokestats as I continue talking. So you look at that, you see another card that is a hollow rare that people could argue that is the best card, and it's the Altaria, which in my opinion is kind of just like a worse Decidueye. So yeah. Um, but those, because you're pulling a hollow every single time, you're not going to guarantee, or I mean, you're going to essentially guarantee if you open up a lot of product that you are going to get these cards. So like these cards are going to be in such influx that the value is people nothing. are, yeah, the value is little to zero. So I don't think that you really need to worry about that at all. Um, and so let's look at the ultra rares then that are in this set. The most playable one, in my opinion, Incineroar V. Yeah, and that's two dollars and eighty cents. Two dollars and eighty cents. It's really it's kind of niche. I don't know if you play this other than Mewtwo, really, because what other Firebox? What other deck is playing it? Like Centiscorch, maybe. I've uh, I've got a copy of it in a deck I'm working on right now. 
Okay, Mister. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, think, I will say, Galarian Cursola is better than people are thinking. Galarian Cursola is cool. It's very intriguing. I know Josh Hatter has been playing around a lot with it, but like, I think the overall general theme of this set that you should keep in mind is this set is not super great for playability. Oh yeah. I d- I don't think that it is. You could argue Dreadnought, but Dreadnought is doing what, like 240 damage? Yeah, at it the does most. 240. If you hit heads, you have Al You have Al which is just interesting. That metal typing is just so yeah, the metal killer <laughs> for for Gardevoir and and uh, Al Creamy because not only do you have ADP Zashin, but Luke Metal Zashin is arguably growing in popularity and. Like that's two meta decks right there that you just take a fat L to, and you really don't want to take two straight fat L's. Um, and then Waylord, like Waylord is four and a half dollars, but we'll call that the tricky gym effect. To be honest, Waylord is just the fun deck that comes out. You know, everybody loves flipping coins. Nobody expects to actually win with it, but by golly, it's not that great. I'm sorry, Sean. Well, it's not a great deck. No, no. But I think your point is basically like even the most playable cards in this deck are capping out at anywhere between five and ten dollars, right? Just and then, buy the singles. And then like, you know, and we're you, still in the hype phase. Yeah. Here's the were, thing, we're still in the hype phase. Well, you were telling me earlier, like even like full art supporters like Hop, right? Is only like three or four dollars. So No, no, it's like eight bucks. Okay. Well still it's like that's still not a, that's still not a lot. It's not a lot. And it's to your point, it's in the hype phase. I'm sure Jesse yeah. and James full art or Giovanni's exile full art from hidden fates was also $8 the day it came out or whatever. But what are those cards now? Uh, Jesse and James is $2 and 45 cents. Exactly. Giovanni's exile is 90. Oh no, I'm sorry. A dollar 36. But like, that's the thing, right? It's like you have all of these cards in the set that take up the rare ultra rare, even like, you know, full art type slots and hyper rare slots, right? Where you're like, these are not worth anything either to a player or a collector. There's not really a ton there. And like, like I said, I've opened up now 70 packs total. Um, I have pulled two hyper rares. I would say I'm lucky in that respect, pulling two hyper rares. But other than that, it's basically trash. Like every single time i open it i'm like i am not i know i'm not going to pull anything out of this because the entire set is charizard or bust it, it really is the charizard goes for like a super pretty penny i think it's still like i th- i'm pretty sure it's still above 600 dollars as of the time of this recording the shiny charizard v i will say the uh yeah. the rainbow charizard i think is down to like 200 dollars, but still like that's a it's a pretty nice hit not gonna lie if I opened up my ETB that's coming that I so graciously got from Twin Dragons, so not a sponsor, but thank you for selling me an ETB at MSRP and shipping it from <laughs> Wisconsin to my house. If when I open that up, that gives me a rainbow Charizard VMAX, like even though that's not a shiny Charizard V, that's like nice. Like it'll be exactly that meme to the kid sitting at the computer with the frosted tips. And he's like, yeah, nice. I mean, to, the, to your point, though, right? If you pull it, that's amazing. Clearly, there is a card or two of value here in the Charizards. But to, like, go out of your way to, like, spend way over MSRP and invest in... I just... This set is not Hidden Fates. I think we've said it before, but I'm going to reiterate now that I've actually opened this set. <laughs> this set is not Hidden Fates for so many reasons. One of them being every single time you open a pack in Hidden Fates... You could pull a whole number of cards, right? Shiny cards um, that are both shiny GXs and not GXs, right? Like pulling a shiny Charmander or a shiny Charmeleon was super cool. But remember also that there were uh, regular GXs in there too. Well, yeah, you could technically pull the Gyarados. I would not call those. Like for me, like the Charizard was technically playable, but those are very similar to the. I mean, but those are like. Those are like equivalent right now to the V's in yeah. Champions Path. But that's the thing. You don't have anything just, else. Just, just like crab value. Yeah. So and, and it's just it's not fun opening Champions Path. You open up 10 packs and then like literally I go through the cards and and Leonhardt 
even in his last video where he's opening up a bunch of cards from the uh, from every set. He opened up some extra Champions Path, and maybe he was doing it for time, but I honestly think he's opened up enough Champions Path now that he's like, I'm not even going to go through every card because it's boring. It's like, oh, another of the same card I've seen 40 times already. Like, It's a small set, too. I have seven or eight Lycanroc Hollows, seven or eight Altaria Hollows. I have seven or eight of every single Hollow in the set right now already, basically. Uh and I've only opened up 70 freaking packs. It's it's you want to send me a play set of all those hollows for just being a good bud. Yeah, straight up. I'll, I'll go. I'll go find them. Actually, I can I can definitely send you a play set of some of those I hollows. Was, I was kind of kidding. But if you actually want to do it, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty OK with that. I'll send no, you a we'll, dollar. We'll, we'll we'll talk on discord after. But yeah, I could probably do that. <laughs> I do all have right. way more than I need. You did go out of your way and yeah. uh, you did get the shiny charizard v i did i did i went and bought the shiny charizard v i typically do not buy chase cards of modern product um the thing is i like as much as i dislike champions path as a set i do see the value in those two cards so i'm like for champions path i have one etb that i'm keeping sealed because i think there's always going to be people that want to have a crack at trying to find a charizard and you know what? For all I know, there's a Charizard in that ETB. I don't know. I'm not opening it though, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go out and buy the char- the shiny Charizard and maybe the Hyper Rare in the future. And then just, you know, just call it a day and say, you know what? That's the best way to get the cards I really want from this set because it is not worth paying eight or $10 a pack searching for that. It's no, no, thank you. I open so like I'm getting product because of like my stream. So like it's always fun to open with other people, right? I don't think it's very fun to open alone. I think it's great to experience it with others. So like doing it like that's the only time that I really want to open Champions Path. You're right. It's so expensive. It's it just doesn't I've watched a lot of openings. It doesn't super feel worth it. You get those people that get super lucky, but you're not going to be like them. But uh (laughs) <laughs> but one thing that you can do to be great and have an enjoyable time is the Players Cup. What a transition. That we, you, you threw the emergency break on that one. I <laughs> did. I, I like started to almost tune out talking about it. Like, that's how bad Champions Path is, in my opinion. Like, yeah, we went brain I dead like there. Started, I started to, like, tune out. The, <laughs> almost the entire conversation and just waited for you to, like, stop talking. But right. it's like... Emergency break on Players Cup 2. Let's get into something that really matters. So as of the time of this recording, the Players Cup 2 has started. If you have connected your PTCGO account to your uh, pop player ID and then also logged in in the time space continuum that Pokemon had said. I don't know why I said time space continuum, but if you were if you met all the qualifications, you now have 50 tournament keys. You can go do the Players Cup tournaments on PTCGO. And you have until I wrote it down. I think you it's have October 26th. October 27th. October 27th to be able to do your game. So make sure you get all 50 games in before then. But if you don't know, that's like a whole month, Sean, before, you know, we have to get all 50 of these games in. That's like two games a day starting yeah. from right now. And you'll you'll get that in. So, Sean, ha- first off, have you played any games yet of no. the uh, event? I have no. not either. It just started today. I am in no rush immediately. Um, work day is part of it. And then we recorded. So, um, yeah. Yeah. There's an interesting idea around because you think of, if you think about what it is on the client stuff. I would imagine that there is probably a lot of people that have connected their pop ID, you know, just because maybe they go to the local league. You know, there are those promos that you get at league that you get to upload on PTCGO. So I imagine there's a lot of casual people that don't really care at all for the Players Cup, um, but they see this new tournament, you know, they as they log in today or something, they see this new tournament and they're like, oh, what is this? I'm going to jump in one of these events. And uh and so from then on, they start playing. So there's there's an interesting way to format a schedule 
almost, if that makes sense, of playing in the Players' Cup. Did did that make any sense to you, Sean? Mm, what are you getting at? What are you getting so at? Like, Maybe it'll make sense then. So here's my here's my thought in my schedule that I uh, I've been thinking about a lot for the last like two days. The very beginning, if you play a lot of your Players' Cup matches, you're going to get a lot of more casual players, a lot of people that are not your uh, Azul GGs or your Andrew Mahones or your Little Dark Furies that are trying to qualify. You know, you're going to get a lot of um, Sally and Andy and maybe Mike who uh, who uh, just wanted to jump on and do a tournament because, ooh, look, something new that is here to try out. So I would almost say the longer that you wait to start, the more competitive it's going to be. So like your percentage of the casual player is going to go down the farther we get into the month to the point where like the last week of the Players' Cup is going to be incredibly competitive because you're getting you're going to get to all the people that were like, oh, God, I forgot about the Players' Cup. <laughs> and uh they're going to be they're just going to be doing a ton of games at one time. They're just going to cram all those in. They're going to be the competitive players that say, like, you know what? I do want to qualify. I do want to get this stipend or I'm sorry, the travel award, not a stipend. What is it a stipend or I'm pretty it's sure like it's a travel, travel award. award. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to they're going to get some sort of big value out of it. So they want to get that top 256. So. I would say. Get your matches done now. Try to get them done within the next like two weeks. Um, I would say maybe a majority of them done in the next two weeks. You don't have to do all 50 like tomorrow. Um, but try to get like 30 to 35 done here in the next two weeks if you can. Um, spread it out a little bit. Don't like do 20 games in one day. That just melts your brain. Trust me. But you have the flexibility to do it at your schedule, things like that. And I just think it'll be better in terms of that. Does that make sense? Did um, I lead it? I mean, look, I, you might be right in that the people who are more intense about it might wait later. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think lots of people that I know are like super high level players are starting today. So uh, who knows? Honestly, who knows? I think that um, those players, though, have more time to play, generally speaking. So they won't feel like they need to do an hour a day basically playing these games because they can maybe cram, you know, 10 games into one day easily because they just spend so much time playing already. Mm -hmm. um, well, here's the th here's what kind of what I was getting at. So like, yeah, there's going to be like, OK, let's just throw out hypothetical numbers. So like 250 players that are competitive in the beginning, like two weeks. And then there's 250 players that are competitive in the final week. Your casual players, though, even though there's the same amount of competitive players in both weeks, I feel like there's going to be a higher amount of casual players. So like in the first couple of weeks, there's 250 casual players. But then in like the last two weeks, there's like 50 casual players. So like your percentage of matching up and playing against a person that is your your Azuls or your Dannys or your Stefan Ivanovs, you know, is much higher in the latter weeks compared to the beginning weeks, right? Would you yeah. would you think that is is that a better way of stating what I was trying to say? I I mean it might be a better way of stating what you're trying to say, I guess. I I guess I don't really know. That's my thing is like, well, there's no, like I don't have any actual no. statistics to be, but that's like, that's like what my gut tells me, I guess I could say, I guess for me, it comes down to more that like, I don't know how many casual, you know, casual is a broad word, right? Yeah. But Pokemon is not advertising how to do the player's cup at all anywhere. No, they're, they're not. not. It's not on the client. I logged in just now. There's nothing that tells you what the player's cup is just like the first player's cup. I actually think there's going to be a ton of people who have tournament keys and never use them because they are just not aware. Oh, no, for sure. Because there's so, a there's a lot of people that just play like theme decks. Sure. But to my point of like, I think there won't be that many casual players 
playing in this to, to start off with, right? Anybody who listens to this podcast is not a casual player. Just, you know, let's just be frank about that. N- nobody who listens to a Pokemon, you know, TCG podcast, I would consider a casual player. That's why I'm not telling them to play like Eggro uh, 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 or something. <laughs> yeah. But I think for me, like the, the biggest thing that's unavoidable is... You know, you remember the first Players Cup when the results actually came out, um, how it seemed like Oceania, you could basically have gotten in just by spitting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, eight, eight points was all you needed to qualify for top 128 there. Eight points. Compare that's that to... That's eight tournaments. Uh, it's eight tournaments the, where you like in the literally... In the first Players Cup. Yeah. yeah that's, in the first place. You just had to complete you, the game. Exactly. You, no, you don't even have to complete it. You just show up quit concede you get a point you walk away no i'm pretty sure you had to play the game no 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 that's how people were grinding with so many tickets without time people that had thousands of tickets they would just enter concede walk away and they would get a couple of points huh that's how I people thought were grinding actually, with the tickets. i thought in order to get that one point for that first round you actually had to play the game like you couldn't you could i no. don't know no, maybe you, a prize had to be taken or something like that I don't no know. i can tell you right now that's not because the person who had the most tickets he explained that's what he was doing that's why he would play some games during work and then sometimes he would just log on spend some tickets concede log on spend some tickets concede um and you would get anywhere between one to four points randomly so obviously like this tournament is much better formed because you get zero points if you are fifth through eighth place Mm, you don't win the first round, no points for you. Exactly. So, Point Nazi. so playing in the tournaments actually does matter. And everyone has the exact same number of entries, basically. So I think this tournament will do a better job at, you know, solidifying who over time is a better player during this window of time. Um, but what I think that this tournament will still be a problem, which is unavoidable, which is if you live in Oceania or Latin America... And you use, I think if you use all 50 of your keys in either one of those regions, you are guaranteed a spot. Because I don't think there are enough players who play often enough that will use that many keys. You know what I mean? Like, I just, the, the region is just so much smaller. So I think if you're committed to using all of those keys, I think you will get in. Mm, what am I trying to say? I thought that the second Players Cup was like, for for certain regions, it was cut down to like the number of, yeah oceania is, is 128 128 yeah it was 128 during players cup one as well oh i thought it was 256 never mind yeah i'll, I'll stop talking no no i mean but that's what i'm saying is like that they haven't changed the numbers of people who get in even though the oceania players cup that's where that was the same players cup where people who made the you know event who you know got eight points or whatever that somebody was able to have three rounds in a row or four rounds in a row from day one where they played no opponent because no one showed up and they went four and oh. It's and that's, insane to me. Well, and that's the thing that the nature of that is because you have a region that has so few players compared to other regions that are really that serious. So I think like, you know, if you're in Latin America or Oceania and you're listening to this podcast, odds are you will have no problem getting in. Just use your tournament keys, Playing events, you probably I can almost guarantee you'll qualify just by using your keys. If you are in Europe, I think you have a slightly harder time, but I still Oh, think, I'm sure you have a slightly harder time. Yeah, but I, I still think it's fairly reasonable to get in. If you are a committed player, you know, and you use all of your tournament keys, I think you still have a pretty good chance. Meaning what I'm trying to say is for most people in the world, like you know, outside of North America, simply participating you will have a very high likelihood of getting in. If you participate fully, I think you'll, you'll be fairly well set. It's North America and, that is a challenge. And it's not to say, we're just to clarify for anyone who may think this, we're not saying that like Oceania or Europe is inferior in the quality of players. There's just not as many yeah, I would think the the reigning world champ is from Oceania. You know, like Henry Brand is is an amazing player. He's you know he's from Australia. I, that's nothing against people from Australia how good they are. It's just that you have fewer players who are as committed to Pokemon. Um, 
and just buy those numbers, right? And those are the same, all those numbers hold for the Players' Cup one points. Um, you just didn't have to use as many tickets. You didn't have to play in as many tournaments to qualify. And so, and then when you come to North America, because we have so many more people in North America that play at a competitive level, you just, the numbers are bigger. North America, I think you actually do need to properly prep, uh, play to your best ability. I still think if you get in all 50 games, um, you're still are probably going to be more likely to get in than not, but it's not, I, I don't think it will be as, um, you know, easy is not the right word, but like as uh, guaranteed maybe. Yes. I think guaranteed is a good word. There's a, I plan on using like the first two weeks. I'm going to stick to my, like, there's going to be a lot more casual players. So for the first two weeks, I'm going to try to play like Decidueye. I'm going to play Decidueye Goons. And then I'm going to play like some Excadrill. Cause I feel like I can do Excadrill now. Yeah. So you I'm going to do that. <laughs> I, I watched a uh, hundred games in the last 24 hours. Um, so that's what I'm going to do like the first two weeks. And then the second two weeks, I'm going to play like what I call like more safe picks to finish out my keys, which is going to be like ADP Zacian, a turn. I hate playing ADP Zacian. I rarely ever play it on stream, <laughs> but I'm sure that if I picked it up, I can win some tournaments with it. ADP Zacian, play some Eternatus, play some, even some Santa Scorch. I might try to mix Santa Scorch in, in both sides, just depending on how I'm doing. Um, but like, again, with those more safe picks, because in the beginning, I have a theory that you're probably going to catch a lot of people off guard and who are not ready in the beginning weeks or like that beginning to like middle area to where you're going to catch a lot of people who don't know how to play X against extra drill, who don't know how yeah. to play against deciduous. So you're going to have a lot more of a cheese factor, which and is kind of for for someone who's not a, the greatest player in the world. I'm, I'm going to take that. <laughs> Well, and the thing is, you have, yeah, and you have a best of one that is only out of eight people. So, like, sometimes when people are, like, building a deck for a tournament, they're like, okay, well, there's going to be 10 rounds, so I need to plan for X, Y, and Z. And maybe you build a deck thinking of, like, a whole meta. But when, a, when you're just coming down to a best of eight, I think a lot of people are just going to be like, I'm just going to take in the best version of whatever this is. And if I hit an auto loss, I hit an auto loss, right? Or whatever. Yeah, um, I mean, that's the that's the thing about like the online meta. Yeah, like you just don't know who's going to queue up in the tournament at what time with that, you know, like on the ladder, at least you can kind of get a feeling, right? Because those same people will play. Well, I guess you could kind of say that for the tournaments, but like no. the ladder, you can just queue up again and again and again and again and again and again. Well, as in this tournament, you only have an X amount of attempts yeah and that's why i'm saying i think desi goons is maybe a really interesting good call because um now the the one thing you might run into with desi goons is if you brick you know if you just have a bad starting hand i mean that's any that's any deck right now in the format like you brick with any deck in the beginning you have almost no comeback mechanic like there's no n in the format to help you come back yeah but i think my point about desi you have a stage two right so like if you just don't find your rare candies, you lose. There, I, I think it's a lot harder to have that much of a brick or a donk with a deck that is primarily basics or a deck that doesn't rely on rare candy. So that's the only thing about Desi Goons is like in a best of one, you might just have a bad game and then that's it. But you know what? You have 50 tournament keys. You mm -hmm. have plenty of games with which not to donk. Um so yeah, I play like I play like seven games. I do god awful with Decidueye Opsigoon go for seven. All right, I'm gonna start playing ADP Z or something. Yeah. Just go boss boss for game like ten times, and then I'll be like, all right, I feel good now. But that's the thing, is I think that you know, Desigoons is a nice counterplay. Um, and then you're right, control people are not gonna know what to do against that control deck. They're gonna be like, what? Even the best players, right? Like they may understand how to beat it but that doesn't mean that they brought a deck that can beat it. Those are completely mm -hmm. different things. Is there a leaderboard for the, uh, for the yes. players cup? 
I believe there is. Somebody actually posted about this. I don't know if it was on Facebook, on Verbank, or on Twitter, but I remember it, seeing it. Is it just the tournament rep? Because you can still play with event tickets. You can still play in standard events. It's not like all standard events are now restricted to the Players' Cup. Yeah, you can still do, yeah, to your point, you can do separate events, but I don't know. I haven't been to the leaderboard. Obviously, you know, there's not probably anything there even right now, but uh, somebody did mention there is going to be a leaderboard, which now that they have a separate system with tournament keys, that leaderboard should be easily accurate and and updated um, as the days go on. I think the problem- I would hope so. Yeah, the problem that they had before was like they had to sort through all the people who used tickets but didn't have their Pokemon account linked and were or weren't above a certain age. All of those things, it's like, you know, now that they've already kind of gone through that process, hopefully the tournament keys thing should just be easy. It's uh, It'll be a very interesting event. I don't, and apparently for first place in these events, you only get 50 coins. (laughs) I mean, I guess they're sitting there like, look, we gave you 50 tournament keys for free, right? So like, you know, you play four turns. If you played in all of them, how many coins would that be? If you won all 50 events, what would that be? What is 50 times 50? 2,500. So 2,500 coins. I was I was asking Siri, but yeah, twenty five hundred. Oh, okay, so that gets you twelve and a half packs. <laughs> twelve and a half packs that you can't get of Champions Path. Oh yeah, because you can't redeem coins for Champions Path, can you? You can't do holiday sets oh, that's on so TTCGO. That's in- kind of a shame. It is, and you know what? I hate the fact that so much of the trade is Champions Path right now because I remember this time last year. The trade online wasn't necessarily all hidden fates, right? So, like, this switch over to Champions Path. Was. was it? I think so. Huh. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I wasn't trading as much then. It was a good chunk of hidden fates, but remember, like, we're going to get Vivid Voltage in yes. November, and then Vivid Voltage is going to be the new standard of trading. So, it's like, it just doesn't, like, especially for last year for hidden fates, like, it didn't feel like as long for hidden fates because like it just didn't it just didn't stick around for its entirety in in a year from now we'll probably look back and we'll be like i don't remember champions path ever being the trade (laughs) value maybe that maybe it's more painful right now because there is no irl so you have to go and buy these freaking champ you have to go buy the codes because you can't buy the freaking packs what because is the they're code all sold going out for? Expensive. Codes are going for like $1.50, $2. Psych, I'll never do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look it up right now, like how absolutely absurd this is. Yeah, if you get them, yeah, they're, they're $1.70 a code. Mm-mm. And then, see, that's, that's why I'm like, people switched over to trading these codes. And I'm just like, look, I don't understand how economies work necessarily. I'm not an economist. But people, stop it. You don't actually want to open these packs, right? Save I all can of get, us some money and trade everything for Darkness Ablaze again. Everyone will thank you. I can get 36 Champions Path codes for, for $30. And then you get 36 other codes of Sword and Shield era. 12, 12 Sword and Shield, 12 Robo Clash, 12 Darkness Ablaze. And this is a this is a break store. So like, mind you. This isn't like your your place that actually cares about like making money on codes. It's like almost a dollar still. I mean, it's it's way cheaper, but and, oh, man. And you know, the reason for that is, you know, there's not as much out there to buy from. Like if you're these resellers. And that's like and so it's like it, Champion's Path is kind of a slap in the face. Let's get back to that real quick. Not only are all the cards in it trash, not really, but a lot of them are, are not good. On top of that, the freaking codes are what we all have to trade with now. And there's just not enough of them. And so the prices are exorbitant. Ugh, gross. All of it's gross. And then there's the people that complain about like, everybody's taking all the champions bath and I don't get some. You think they're just going to leave some out for you? I left <laughs> some. Okay, Sean, not everybody's good like Good guy you. Sean over okay. here. I left like 
eight boxes of Champions Path stuff at the local game store. Thank you very much. I would like my Medal of Freedom now. All right. Somebody get Sean the Medal of Freedom and somebody get me a shot of tequila because I did awful in the Omnipoke Metapod Fantasy League last week. I mean, relative, Sean and I both did (laughs) awful. We both did terrible. but, But I wanted to do way better and I thought I had a pretty good opportunity to do really well. So for those of you who maybe didn't listen to last week, uh, the Omnipoke online play league is happening. So a bunch of creators are in a league. Uh, It was invite only from Omnipoke and crew. uh, And they're playing games against each other. Um, And what we decided to do was create a fantasy draft where we drafted 10 players each from this 20 person league. And then every week we start and bench a number of players and see how they do in that week's games. So last week, you know, we picked our six players to start and four players to bench. And at the end of it all, Jake and I are tied at two points each. We get a point for each one of the people that we picked who won the overall match. I was actually really surprised when Sean told me that we were tied because let me tell you how you can view all these matches, whether you were there on stream or like you were, uh, you watch the YouTube videos. That's where I got all my information from. Um, Azul, 0-2 loss. Tricky Jim, 0-2 loss. Jack from Omnipoke, 1-2 loss. Thankfully, Little Dark Fury pulled out the victory over Celios Network. That was a big dub for me because that means Sean didn't get the point. <laughs> Zapto's 1-2 L. And then Plus Power, the 2-0 W, which was also very good because I think that was against uh, Fish Knuckles. Uh, I would have to I look back last at the week. different. But either way, I got a point for that. But if you look at the matchup, so Azul had gone 0-2. Azul went 0-2 against Trainership. That's a point for Sean. Tricky Jim went 0-2 against Rahul, which I benched Rahul, so I didn't get the point out of that. <laughs> yep. Um. What else? What else? There was a... Or wait, no. But I, I benched players. So some of these points that you thought I was getting were players that I had benched. And who did who did Purple Cliff play? I, Someone from your team, right? I am not. I can't remember. Either way, I benched Purple Cliff and he went 2-0. And I was like, oh, God. So like I benched some heavy hitters this past week. And I'm a little upset about it. I'm a little upset about it. But we are tied. We are, we are 2-2. So the books are, are still clean, basically. Nobody is a pulling ahead. We both made poor decisions. Uh, I, think, I think the thing is, you know, we went with our guts on, you know, some of these top players and how they normally perform. But this, this is a whole different world, right? It's a best of three conquest. You bring three different decks. And I think what you and I both overlooked were that some of these players who maybe aren't as well known or well regarded as players, you know what I mean? Like they haven't won big international events or regionals, but that also means they're just not as well known. Like people don't know the kind of deck that they're probably going to bring. Yeah. They don't know the comfort decks. Exactly. They're not as predictable. And I think that is what helped a few of these players do really well is that unpredictability. Um, so that's definitely something I'm, I'm keeping in mind as we draft for this week and we pick our starters. Sean, do you want to talk about who your starters are this week? Um, yeah, yeah. Let me, uh, I got to look at some stuff here and pick my starters. So let's see. Here. You haven't actually, I thought you picked your starters no, before I we started recording. You, you, well, then you let start me, going your starters. You go. Okay, jeez. I'm carrying <laughs> this podcast. Not really. Hard carry, uh, hard carry. I'm so, I'm so tired today. I have Rahul. I'm starting Rahul ready. He's facing off against Tricky Jim. Uh, I'm thinking that Rahul is just going to pull it out. Again, we talked about that predictability. I got punished last week. I don't want to get punished again. So uh, I'm sorry, Andrew, if you ever listen to this, but I'm going with Rahul this week. Hopefully he can uh, bring me a W. I'm also starting Little Dark Fury. Little Dark Fury getting a W over Celios. Very, very awesome series. He's facing off against the Sableyes this week. I feel like... Uh, I'm going to get a W through that. So, uh, hi-ya. I'm also seeing Purple Cliff against Zapdos TCG. Now, both of these players are on my team. Wasn't sure who to start, but then I remember that Jack 2-0'd someone last week. 
And then I also remember that Zapdos went a 1-2-L. So I was thinking, Jack is still relatively unpredictable with the Pokemon trading card game. And so I feel like that's going to be played very, very well against Zapdos. So I'm going with Purple Cliff. I'm going with my boy Jack. I'm going with Plus Power again. You know what? You go 2-0. You're my only person to get a 2-0 victory last week. I might as well start you this week. Plus Power is facing off against Orbomb. I feel confident in Plus Power. Azul, I'm going to go with Azul, even though he got O2'd. Um, Azul's just, he's been doing really well in tournaments lately. So I feel like he could go up against anybody. I mean, he was my very first pick of the draft. So if you're not starting your first pick, you had a bad draft. And so I, I can't, I, I got too much pride for that. And then uh, I got I Caterpie, who actually did really well. Um, did really well last week. I believe I Caterpie took down uh, Zapdos. And I, I watched the video. I watched the footage and uh, I was actually pretty impressed about the decks that were chosen and about the, uh, how the game was actually played out. So uh, there's my starting six. Rahul, Little Dark Fury, Purple Glyph, Plus Power, Azul, and I Caterpie. Please, I need five points this week, at least. <laughs> I need to get ahead on Sean this week. So I have my starting lineup now. Um, my first starter, uh, based on the uh, list that I have of like the, the week two schedule, is uh, I'm picking Trainer Chip over Jack from Omnipoke. I think that's going to be a very difficult match, actually. But, you know, I, I want to give Trainer Chip the uh, support this week. I think he can I think he can get there. Chip 2-0 to Zool. Um, exactly. So I think Trainer Chip is definitely uh, has that uh, ability. The next one is uh, I'm going to pick Joe from Omnipoke over uh, JW, our, our podcasting brethren, Flex Daddy Righteous. Um, that's another, I think, coin flip, but, you know, I gotta, I gotta give Joe some props. I mean, you know, very good player. All of these are good players, so I'm going with Joe. The next one, Celio's over the Wasi, my number one pick, so I'm gonna go with uh, Luke again there. Bad that's, choice. That's three. The fourth one, um, I'm actually gonna go with Sableyes over Little Dark Fury. Oh, so that's you right. like losing. Uh, well, you know what I think is gonna be? I think that the Sableyes as a content creator is going to watch, they watch a lot of YouTube content, just like I do and other content creators. I think they're going to know a little bit more about Little Dark Fury than, uh, than maybe some of the uh, non, uh, you know, the, the creators who aren't as much into YouTube, I should say. But see, here's the thing. You look at all the whack that LDF has done. I know. Only Little Dark Fury knows what Little Dark Fury is going to be playing. <laughs> Only he knows because, by golly, it's some crazy stuff. You saw that through uh, your uh, your boy Celios. I did in the uh, in the series last week. Couldn't handle the spice. <laughs> uh, my so la- I don't. I don't. Mm, yeah. Well, okay, my last two. My last two are going to be Tablemon over Shay from Slowpoke Well, and then finally Orabom. I'm going to give Orabom the shot here, going up against Plus Power. I don't Ooh. know Plus Power that well. But uh, I know that, you know, Orobomb, he, he even admitted on his last this last week that he hasn't spent enough time playing Pokemon. So hopefully he's, you know, gotten his uh, the rust has been shaken off. And I think that uh, he might be able to take home a win here. So those are You're my six. The pressure on those are my pressure six. on. I know we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. But uh, yeah. Now, after hearing your starting lineup, I'm actually very confident that I will get more points this week. <laughs> We One thing see. that I want to, I, I kind of like the pick of Joe for you because like Joe has been doing the 100 game series. Mm-hmm. So like he will pick an archetype and he will play 100 games with it straight or maybe not straight, but like do 100 games and analyze that deck. So like I think that's a very cool pick because you got to think that Joe is uh, uber comfortable with the decks that uh, he chooses. Yeah, yeah, that's his uh, Excadrill to Control deck this week was uh, that deck. So I think if he keeps doing that series, that definitely puts him in a good position of uh, having a deck that might be under the radar in any in some form, but he is very familiar with. So, yeah, this has been fun. Yeah, <laughs> I like yes. this. I like talking <laughs> smack to Sean. Um, so that's going to, I think, do it for for this week. That is our lineup. Hopefully we get some points. And uh, to everybody out there, hopefully you do well in week one of the Players' Cup 2 
uh, qualifiers, if you will. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know what you're playing as well. Um, not to try to stream snipe you, but I'm always curious about what the uh, the community is playing because I have an idea of what I want to play. Sean has an idea of what they want to play. But a lot of times we might not know what the uh, the general base wants to play. Our, That's right. Our Waylord V and Charizard V Max. That's my whole run right there. So, okay. <laughs> so you well, will not see me in November. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to make it with oh, only boy. Decidueye. Told you I was going to do tournaments with Decidueye. <laughs> I'm going to make it the whole way with Decidueye. I'm going to win every single one. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it. I think uh, we'll see you all next week. Uh, subscribe on whatever platform you are on if you haven't uh, done that already. And uh, thank you for listening. Hey, leave us a review. Leave us a review, too. Okay, bye. Bye.